Hey, hey, it's Tuesday, August 18th. Great show on tap. A little bonus episode crossing over with the guys from Pod on You Loons, Justin and Sam, to break down Minnesota United's phase one schedule for MLS return to play. MLS is back again, so to speak. Uh, but first, got to tell you a little bit about our first ever sponsor, Stimulus Athletic. Uh, so grateful to have them on and to have them uh, supporting 10,000 pitches and what we do. Um, not only are they supporting us, but we actually are creating a kit with them, a 10K kit, which you can sign up to win a free one right now on our Twitter, at 10K Pitches. But whether you're a soccer team, baseball team, basketball team, even if you got an ultimate Frisbee team, Stimulus Athletic can help outfit your club, not only with jerseys, but with all the things that your club might need. Warm-ups, pants, backpacks, you know, whatever team apparel that you want for your club, Stimulus Athletic can help you out. They have a design team that can give you the exact look that you want as well. And they're going to give you a great deal on actually getting you what you need as far as whether it's jerseys or, or any sort of apparel you need. So go to StimulusAthletic.com and click the design tab and fill out the form. Fill out who you are, you know, what kind of team you're outfitting. and what exactly you're looking for. If you have a design in mind, let them know. If you're working from scratch and you want them to come up with something for you, they can do that too. And it's all at a great price. So go to stimulusathletic.com. We don't have any promo codes or anything, but just go ahead and fill out that form. Charlene is the one who worked with us and she was awesome in terms of getting the exact design we wanted on the 10K kit and helping us get it out there. So they can help you too, stimulusathletic.com. Make sure you let them know that Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer. My name is Jeremy Rushing. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening. I believe we're on episode 12, maybe 13 now. Honestly, didn't check before we got on here, but no matter how many episodes it's been, thank you guys so much for tuning in, whether this is episode number one or now that you've listened to every single uh, 10,000 Pitches episode. I very, very much appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. The more subscribers we get, the better we're placed. The more listeners we get, just the better it is all around. And of course, when you subscribe, you get notified anytime we drop a new episode. Um, as you know, you're hearing right now, it's not Thursday, it's not Friday, but we have a new episode dropping. So every now and then we'll throw in a little bonus. So uh, if you subscribe, you get notified even when we uh, don't drop a podcast on its normal day. And then Rate and review. Uh, not every podcast platform allows you to rate and review, but if you're on Apple, Spotify, uh, or one of those uh, podcast outlets that, that allows you to leave a rating and review, please do that. And like I always say, you know, it's great to get those five stars in, but if you have some constructive feedback on the podcast, I really would love to hear that. And I want your rating and review to be legitimate, to, you know, have it be your actual feelings on the podcast. So uh, please go ahead and do that along with subscribing and downloading the episodes. Uh, this week, or this bonus episode, I should say, it's, it's awesome to do a little bit of cross promotion with another Minnesota United podcast, because I have two guys on today who, uh, honestly, they have one of my favorite Minnesota United podcast to listen to uh sam and justin from pod on you loons subscribe and download that on all your favorite podcast outlets find them at pod loons on twitter and then podloons.weebly.com is kind of their website where you can check out everything about them sam and justin thank you so much for joining me today yeah thank you for having us jeremy how you guys doing yeah, tonight Good. yeah do, doing great it uh feels 
it's such an honor to be invited to be on your podcast. I'm <laughs> not just saying this to butter you up, but I, I am a weekly <laughs> listener. I, well, I appreciate was a big that. fan of your podcast and to hear that you actually listened to ours was uh, pretty cool to find out. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And uh, you know what? Butter me up all you want, Sam. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I am, I am okay with my ego getting, getting buttered up a little bit. That's okay. Um, <laughs> thank you guys again, though, for coming on. Uh, before we get into the weeds on breaking down this kind of phase one uh, return to play schedule for Minnesota United and kind of everything that has to do with maybe playing outside of the bubble, uh, I kind of want to let you guys kind of introduce yourselves, kind of uh, talk about how you each became United fans and how this podcast came to be. So, you know, I, I love I love all sports. Um, I became a soccer fan like like many college kids through playing FIFA. So I became yeah. a, a big fan of the sport through the game FIFA. I, I, I played soccer until I was like seven and then primarily focused on, on American football after that. But I, you know, big fan of soccer through the game FIFA. Became a, a United fan, you know, I hate to say it, but it wasn't until Allianz Field, uh, you know, when, when I realized I would be able to get to go to games at a beautiful new stadium like that, I felt like I had to jump on the bandwagon. And it was a good decision because yeah. they, they weren't good until I came along. So I'll take credit <laughs> for that. <laughs> you were the magic, you were the magic, yeah. uh, magic piece of the recipe that made it all come together. I'll, t I'll take credit for that. And they haven't lost. They haven't lost since I've, any game that I've been to. They've never lost. They've they've drawn a couple times, but never have lost. So I feel like I'm a good luck charm for the team. Absolutely, sounds like it. Well, and they only draw when I go. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam, stay away. Justin will find a way to get you into the stadium for the, for those home matches. There we go. There we go. Um, so talk about the podcast a little bit. You know, I, you know, you know, becoming a United fan is one thing, but then deciding, hey, we want to kind of get together and talk about this team on a weekly basis and put it out there for the rest of the United fans to see is, is another thing. So how did this, you know, Sam, how did this podcast come together and how did you guys come together, I guess, to, uh, to create the podcast? Sure. Yeah. You, you know, Justin and I, um, we, we were old colleagues. We actually met because my wife and Justin went to high school together. Okay. So I, I know Justin originally through my wife, but then we briefly worked together early on in our, teaching careers and kind of stayed in touch. Yes, through whenever my wife's uh, friend group would get together, but also just texting about sports. And mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of people reaching out to me about Minnesota United. I didn't mm -hmm. have a lot of people wanting to go to games, uh, Minnesota United games with me. And that, that really kind of uh, drew me closer to Justin. And mm -hmm. one night I was just like, you know, for the past <laughs> 10 years, I've wanted to start a podcast and I've never had something to start a podcast about. But, you know, I like Minnesota United a lot. It's been a lot of fun texting with Justin about these games. If we're talking about it anyway, let's record it and see how it goes. How has it grown, I guess, from its inception to now? I mean, you guys are over 20 episodes in. Uh, you know, you guys you know, decided one day, okay, let's, let's go ahead and put this together. Uh, how have you guys grown as United fans, as podcasters? And has it, you know, met, exceeded, you know, your, your expectations? How has that, that gone? You know, I, I definitely did not expect the reception we've been given, uh, both from people that are within our circles, but also in more so with people like yourself that we never met in real life that just discovered us on the internet 
and you know have sent positive vibes our way. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was kind of expecting, you know, maybe my mom, Justin's mom, um, <laughs> maybe occasionally my wife, um, you know, depending on, you, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. depending on if she wants to hear my voice more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what my girlfriend said. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, do you listen to the podcast? And she goes, I hear you all day, every day. We're both working from home. Like, I hear your voice all the time. I don't need to hear it anymore. I was like, then just hit the download button then. Just do me a favor and at least hit the download button. You don't even have to listen to it. Yeah, it's definitely become bigger than I anticipated or thought. I think, you know, Sam's definitely had the bigger, you know, the, the more expectations, you know, the higher ceiling in his mind. You know, mm-hmm. I if, if, if it's just me and Sam talking soccer, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. It's cool that we've gained some people along the way that people like listening to us. Uh, it's, it's been a really fun experience and, and definitely surprising. You probably know, Jeremy, a lot more goes into a podcast than just putting a mic in front of you and just talking. A lot goes into the research, a lot goes into the notes, and then probably more than all of that, you know, going through editing, taking out the pauses, you know, making sure that there's, well, you know, for example, anytime I invite my friend Jeremy on the podcast, (laughs) I have to edit out his squeaky chair, you know. That's all stuff you don't think about when you start a podcast. So I come from a radio background. In college, I I did college radio and I've worked at radio stations. I actually did radio for a full-time job for a couple of years in Indiana before I moved here to to Minnesota. But like audio production is is something that I have a lot of experience in. But still, even with that, that makes me even more of a perfectionist, I guess, when it comes to editing. I want to take out every um, I want to take out every pause, you know, stuff like that. And that takes so much time, man. Like that is such an investment. The getting on and actually talking on the podcast is the easy part, right? That's the fun part. That's the part that really takes the least amount of time when you think about it. But it's really the the research and the and the note taking on the front end and then the editing on the back end that is the biggest investment. That really kind of you have to be motivated and you have to have that fire to keep going um, because you know that's every week that you're doing that. Yeah. And it's those listeners, you know, even if it's just the click, even if it's not actually interacting on social media or reaching out, just that click, just mm-hmm. seeing that people are listening to what you're putting out. It's so Especially motivating. after I put out an episode, like on, on Friday mornings or ever, when I do that initial post on Twitter, I have to like put my phone away and like not look <laughs> at it for a few hours. Cause I know I'll just be like constantly refreshing, be like, did I get another like, did I get another retweet? Did I get another click? Like, uh, it's so like, it, it's so rewarding, but it also gives me so much anxiety at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but, Justin, if you ever want access to the app, just let me nah, know. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm more than happy to be the, the guy that just shows up and talks with you, Sam. There you go. Hey, it works out. <laughs> it works out. Sometimes it's just you need, a, you need somebody to bounce ideas off of. I have this, I have the, we call him the intern, but he's really, what, he handles a lot of our social media for us. His name's Ethan. And I've found I'm having him on the podcast more just because it's so nice to have somebody to actually like talk to and bounce ideas off of and, and just, you know, have conversations with about soccer, about Minnesota United, instead of just, you know, me talking by myself. I don't mind it because like I said, my radio background, I did a lot of solo time on the air, but I definitely prefer to have somebody to talk to and bounce ideas off of and things like that. So 
um, definitely, Justin, you still have value. I promise. I promise <laughs> you still bring value to the product. I'd like to hope so. <laughs> All right. So before we get into talking about uh, Minnesota United, I have, I have a special segment for you guys. This is, the, this is the debut of this segment. So it's called One Nice Thing. <laughs> and I've done a little research on you guys, and I've done a little research on your bios on the Weebly site. Um, and so I found out which teams you like and which teams you don't like. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to make you say one legitimately, not sarcastic, not backhanded compliment, some legitimately nice thing about your least favorite teams. Okay? So, Sam, I'm going to start, start with you. You have to say one legitimately nice thing about Tottenham. Ooh, this is going to be great. Yes, yeah, Sam, <laughs> say something nice about Tottenham. Uh, you know, that is a sweet stadium. They, they play in one of my favorite cities in the world. They brought Willian over to the UK. Mm-hmm. They flew him in, paid for it and everything. It was great. <laughs> You know, the, the colors are fine, right? <laughs> Harry Kane is cool. I, lo- I like cheering for England, so Harry Kane is cool when he's okay. doing well for England, yeah. Okay. That was like four or five. I'm yeah. proud, yeah, proud of you. I'm proud yeah. of you. Way to go, Sam. Excellent I appreciate work. that. All right, Justin. I feel like you're going to have a little bit more of a difficult time with this. Uh, <laughs> you got to say one <laughs> nice thing about Man City. Oh, there's so many bad things about Man City. <laughs> Especially but, recently. <laughs> right? Uh, so, but I, I do have a nice thing. So, you know, we talk about on our show, uh, because they are now in the premiership, I'm a huge Leeds United guy again. So they have one of their best players is Jack Harrison, who is currently on loan from Man City. So I appreciate that they have Jack Harrison because he helps my team be better. So that's my nice thing. There you go. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're lucky that you had the, had the connection there already. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like without that, it would have been a little more difficult. There's me. not much. There's not much else to say nice about them. Sorry. What Sorry about, if you're a Man City fan. What about we both had, I don't know if you'd call it heartbreak, but Man City just broke both of our hearts a little bit recently with their signing of Rose Lavelle. True. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a tough one to take, man. I mean, she already had the Wisconsin thing going against her, but now she's Man City as well. Man. That's a, that's a double, that's a double negative right there. Two negatives don't make a positive in that situation, Justin. No, not at all. Not I don't at know all. if we can forgive her for that. Uh, Once a badger, she, always she, a badger. <laughs> you know, when she puts the Team USA kit on, it doesn't matter anymore, yeah, right? Exactly. We don't have to worry about those other connections. Exactly. But as soon as she's, as soon as she's back with the club, then we can, then we can start to complain a little more. Boo. Yeah, there you go. Thumbs down. I like it. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, so what did we think of the MLS's back tournament as a whole? Kind of getting into the United talk here. Uh, you know, I, I thought uh, as the tournament went on, like the soccer got a lot better. But some of those early games, man, were, were a tough mm-hmm. watch. Uh, I couldn't do – I thought I would love the 8.30 a.m. starts. But <laughs> I, after – I think after one half, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I have so many better things I could be doing. So from a, from a United standpoint, just from the tournament as a whole, what did we, what did we think of MLS is back? I enjoyed the presentation. I enjoyed that it was happening. I was one of those who was starved for sports leading into the tournament. And while I, I didn't necessarily enjoy all of the earlier games and even some of our earlier games, 
just the fact that just the fact that it was there just mm-hmm. the fact that we were watching it was big for me and then and then it, it got better it got yeah. better as it went on it definitely going into it i did have some doubt on if the players would be treating it as a serious tournament and mm-hmm. You, you know, heading into the knockout stages, I didn't have that thought in my mind at all. Mm-hmm. It was very clear to me the players cared about it. It was very clear to me that the players were all going for it. Y- you know, my only my only thought was, or my only negative thought, I should say, is that it was over pretty quick. Yeah, I just I just loved having our team go far. You know, there was there's yeah. a couple times at the beginning that I was a little nervous that maybe we wouldn't make it out of the group even, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, but but having our team in it for as long as they were was super enjoyable. I think it, it, it made the tournament better for our fan base, you know, made us kind of maybe value it more than others. Uh, but it was really fun to see them make a run. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was the big takeaway for me. It, it, it meant something. When we were worried about whether or not the tournament would mean something, it truly did, in my opinion, for our team. Yeah, I think the group stage matches, uh, you know, counting for points toward the regular season, I think helped a lot. And then, you know, if you make it out of the group stage, you know, you're three wins away from a CCL spot. So why not go for it at that point? So I think the way they structured the tournament in that sense kind of really helped, you know, create and maintain the motivation for, for the players and the teams. All right. Phase one, we start this Friday, six games. Of course, we start against Sporting KC. Why wouldn't we start against Sporting KC? And call it the quote-unquote home opener. You know, the first game of the MLS's back tournament, you know, as expected, was pretty rough. It was a tough watch, even though Minnesota United came out with the late 2-1 win, two goals in stoppage time. But, you know, with both teams having the tournament under their belts, you know, this should be a much better overall game than what we saw back in June. Absolutely. And I, yes, it feels like sporting Kansas City again, right? <laughs> we just had them in the MLS's back tournament. We seem to have them every year in the U.S. Open Cup. Mm-hmm. But this does, this is going to be a different game from the one we just had. Mm-hmm. We might not have Eichel Parra back yet for this first one, but we will have Ozzy Alonso, who, if you remember, did not play mm-hmm. in that opening group stage match against sporting Kansas City. And also, Luis Amaria laughed early in that match as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hurt his abs or something, right? So having those two star players back in our lineup, I think, will be huge. Um, You know, I'm I'm, for the first match against Sporting Kansas City, I'm not anticipating any new signings coming in or anything. But who knows, by the end of phase one, uh, assuming Thanos hasn't come by then, (laughs) you, you know, we could have an even different lineup. For the second time we face them at the end of the phase yeah. right exactly and it's it's one it's one versus two in the western conference i mean we're only what two points back i think it's one one point back for first place so i mean this is it's the first match of the you know restart if you want to call it that but it's it's one of the it's one of if not the biggest match of the year for minnesota united and it's at home while you don't have the fans it's still gonna provide i think a little bit of comfort for those players playing at allianz field so do you guys think that Minnesota United's couple extra games in the MLS's back tournament will give them a bit of an advantage, maybe less rust than Sporting Kansas City, who, who bowed out in the round of 16, I believe? You know, that, that's two extra matches for Minnesota United, uh, two, you know, what was it, five or six more days, um, you know, 
you know, worth of games uh, played. Uh, you know, with, with this time off, do you see those couple extra games giving, giving United any sort of advantage at all, at least, you know, being more kind of in tune, in shape, you know, having, having everything ready to go? Yeah, I think that's going to play a factor. You know, having that extra time, that extra time to come together as a group, um, I think that'll help us. You know, they have to they have to knock the rest off again because they had such, you know, that time off after they bowed out. Uh, I, I think I could see us having an advantage, having played in the tournament as long as we did. Well, and if you remember going into the MLS's back tournament, Sporting Kansas City had at least an extra week of preparation on us. Mm-hmm. And, of course, in that opening match, we all remember it as coming out of the gate looking rusty as ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, perhaps the tables are turned. I'm, you, you know, it, it would very much depend on what Sporting Kansas City has been doing to prepare since leaving the tournament. I imagine that they were, you know, that they were starting to prepare already. But, yeah, it, it definitely could go in our favor, and let's hope it does. You guys got a prediction? Ooh. What do you think? What do you think, Sam? I, I, took, the, I took the easy one on this. I, I think we're going to split between the two that we have against them. I think we take one, they take the other. Okay. But I, I don't know which one. Yeah, maybe, I mean, we'll, maybe we'll swap, right? We yeah. usually don't win down there. They don't usually win right. up here. So this is the year that we're going to swap. I mean, right? everything's different now, right? So why yeah, not? Right. And if, if that's going to happen, now would be the time to have it happen, right? Yeah. I don't know, Jeremy, think, what do you think? I mean, especially without fans, I think it takes a lot of the home field advantage out of it. Like, like I said, I think United will be more comfortable playing at Allianz Field, but the Wonderwall plays such a factor, right? The fans play such a factor. I mean, that's why we saw in 2018, Minnesota United's home record was almost right. flipped to what we saw when they were on the road because the fans make so much of a difference. And of course, in 2019, their home record really helped carry them to the playoffs. So I think there are a much better road team this year, as we saw in those first two matches in March. They can, you know, I, I think they were really primed to have a good overall season as opposed to just relying on their home results. Um, but as far as just the advantage that being at home has, I don't know. But also you got to think teams aren't staying in hotels when they're traveling, right? So Kansas City has to go out and back the same day. That could give a super – uh, that could give a, a huge – put them at a huge disadvantage coming in too. So it's tough to say, you know, circumstances are so much different now than they normally are. But uh, I, I think w- with everything considered, I would expect Minnesota United to come out victorious uh, on Friday. And I, and I wouldn't us- underestimate the cardboard cutouts in the Wonderwall providing some, you know, some, exper- some, some atmosphere for the game. I think they'll come ready – you know, to cheer loud for our, for our boys. You know, what I was thinking they should do is, you know, how like, you know, you open up some of those uh, cards for like a birthday or whatever, and it has a little sound thing that comes out of it. <laughs> they should attach those to every cardboard cutout. Just have you yell there into you a mic, into your phone or a microphone <laughs> for like 15, 20 seconds, put that on loop and then play that off of your cardboard cutout. I think that would really, there you go. really help bring it. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if FSN is going to pipe in the crowd noise. I mean, they are a Fox Sports affiliate, oh. so maybe they will follow what Fox Sports National does. What do you guys prefer? Do you guys prefer the piped in crowd noise, or do you prefer actually hearing the players on the pitch? I, I like hearing everything. You know, the the, the piped in that noise. It sounds, you know, it's it's artificial. You know, it's you know, it's not going with the flow of the game. 
and I, I love, I love all the, the conversations you hear, the back and forth, you know, hearing the, the people in the stands, you know, reacting to things during the game. I, I, I've liked that a ton. So I'd prefer just quiet, allow the noise of the game to be the noise that we hear on TV. Yeah, I agree with Justin. Though I, I did find that whenever I was watching a broadcast that had the piped in noise, I would tune it out pretty pretty yeah. quickly. I would be annoyed for like 10 or 15 seconds and then I would just tune it out. But yeah, when, you, when you're actually trying to pay attention to what they're yelling out or, you know, there would be times I would turn over to my wife, you'd hear something uh, being yelled in Spanish. I'd be like, what do you say? What do you say? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just hoping to hear like a swear word or something. That's something that I didn't really think about, but it makes a ton of sense. Just how much of the communication on the field isn't in, is in Spanish, right? I mean, it's, right. I, I think I heard Spanish more than I heard English, to be completely honest, when, when the, at least with the players communicating with each other. It just shows that these players really need to learn to communicate. Even the English-speaking players need to learn to communicate in Spanish because, you know, a large majority of their teammates, that's their primary language. And that was one of my favorite things about, you know, other than, than Nani like kicking our butts it was I don't know if it was him or someone else on Orlando anytime they made a run you could just hear this like high pitch like yep or something like that like there's this noise and I I thought that was super cool because you don't hear that normally right like Mm -hmm. the communication you know just noises or whatever to get the attention you don't normally get to hear that so that was that was fun the only downside of hearing the actual people on the pitch is I found myself focusing more on what Adrian Heath was saying than what was actually <laughs> happening on the pitch. I was like, Oh, I got to hear what Adrian, what's he yelling? What's he yelling? Cause he's just so active on the sideline and he has so much that he's, he just, he yells so much. Not, I'm not really at the players just trying to get that communication out there. Yeah. I got to go back and look at that now. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I noticed the yelling, but I'm someone that tends to tune out a little bit of noises mm-hmm. and just focus on what I'm watching. Well, especially and, uh, after you watch a few matches, it's kind of easy to easy to tune that out. But yeah, um, I just found myself just kind of actively trying to hear what he was saying. So what I want to talk about here is is Bikai Debasi was just signed by Minnesota United. It was made official on the 12th at the opening of the transfer window. So he would he needs to get his visa. I'm not sure if he has that. And then he needs to quarantine for 14 days after he comes here. So I highly doubt, I haven't had this confirmed or denied, but I doubt he will be ready for Friday against Sporting Kansas City. I think at the very least, he'd still be finishing out his quarantine um, at that point, which is fine. I think Minnesota United is fine on the back line. I think AHA has showed that he's, he's good enough. But as far as when he'll be available, there's actually an eight-day gap between the first and second matches for Minnesota United. After Friday, they don't play again until the following Saturday, the 29th, at FC Dallas. So that could be our first game where we actually see Debassi on the field. What do you guys think of – I know both of us have kind of talked about this in our respective podcasts, but while we got the crew together, uh, what do you guys think about Debassi's potential role on this team? Because I could honestly see it going either way. He could – back up at center back or he could potentially start at left back over chase Gasper. What do you guys think? I think we're going to see a lot of that depending on who's healthy. I think if Eichel Parra, you know, once, once Bakai Debassi is warmed up and he's introduced into the team, I think anytime Eichel Parra is not playing, we're going to see Debassi playing center back. But I also could see him working his way in on the left. I know he didn't play on the left as much in France, 
but you know, the way you kept hearing Adrian Heath talk about him as another Ramon Metinair mm -hmm. and the way, you, you know, the way Minnesota United fans, the way analysts always talk about Minnesota United is exciting on the right and on the left, not as much. You could see them try to replicate what they're doing on the right, on the left, maybe not every game, mm -hmm. but I imagine we're going to be seeing him switch between the roles. I also don't see Chase Gasper really going away. Uh, Justin and I talked about this on our podcast uh, last week is, you know, Brent Coleman at center back got 16 appearances last year, mm -hmm. right? Like at no point was he the starter, but he, he still got his fair share of playing time. He was a regular think, off the bench for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think we're going to just see Chase Gasper go away, but mm -hmm. I think that we now have a rotation. And I've often talked about this with Minnesota United is it's unusual to just have this starting 11 that just never changes unless there's an injury. Mm -hmm. Usually there's some form of a rotation based on, based on form, based on how practice is going, you know, based on whatever, based on uh, trying to, you know, space people out during a congested schedule. Mm -hmm. There's usually more of a rotation. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, what a regular MLS season would look like. I mean, mid August right now, this is like the dog days of the regular season, right? I mean, this is when guys are at their most uh, fatigued. It's when they're at their most, uh, you know, a lot of guys are, are re rehabilitating injuries. They're tired. You know, that's when you would really need that rotation. And that's where we've seen Minnesota United struggle, at least over the last couple of years, is they just don't have – they haven't had that depth. So bringing in a guy like Debassi, while, you know, I'm not sure how phases two and three are going to look, uh, you know, of this restart, but at least phase one, after, after this eight-day break between games one and two – you're talking about five games in 14 days or five games in 16 days, 15 days. That's brutal, I I man. That's I brutal. I can't count. How many days are in August again? <laughs> uh, five, it's five games in 16 days. So that's a lot. That's a super congested schedule. You need that kind of rotation, as you were referring to, Sam. In a congested schedule, you need that kind of rotation, that kind, those options, not only off the bench, but to slot in to start more than ever in that kind of scenario. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be exhausted just watching all those games. <laughs> 29th is their second game. They play at FC Dallas. Um, Dallas coming off a two-game two series, if you want to call it, with Nashville after not playing in the tournament. So they've made up two of their three group stage matches that they lost uh, from the MLS's back – or from, you know, not being able to compete in the MLS's back tournament. This, is, this will be Minnesota United's first game with fans in attendance as Dallas is allowing fans – at a, at a smaller scale, I think 20% capacity is what they're doing. And it's uh, Minnesota United's first real road game since March. And they are two, technically 2-0 two on the road. Uh, two really impressive performances against Portland and uh, San Jose, which seemed like a year and a half ago at this point. But can with, with fans being in attendance and with there being some sort of home field advantage there down in Frisco – um, do you see this playing a problem for Minnesota United, you know, with the eight day break, is that enough time for Minnesota United to become rusty, uh, you know, with, with that long of a layoff? Um, you know, how do you guys see the second match looking? 
Well, first of all, how many fans in the stands does Dallas bring in even when there's not? <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's probably the regular attendance anyways. Maybe even more. Yeah, I, don't think it, I don't think it's going to be – it's not going to be bumping in there. I think we're going to be okay with that, with that regard. <laughs> so I know Dallas finished the season pretty hot last year and mm-hmm. really gave Seattle a run for their money in the MLS Cup playoffs. You know, I think it was Justin, actually, that was joking when Nashville and Dallas both got kicked out of the tournament. Justin was like, oh, poor Dallas. Now they get to play Nashville three times. (laughs) Well, they've now played Nashville two of those three times and only got one point out of those two games. Mm -hmm. So what Dallas are we going to see that night? Are we going to see the Dallas that, you know, the Dallas that, took Seattle uh took Seattle to the end or are we going to see the Dallas that you know only got one point out of two games against Nashville I don't know see they didn't start the match last night until like eleven thirty p.m central time because of lightning delay oh wow and then Nashville had to travel back to Nashville immediately after the game because they couldn't stay in a hotel that's COVID for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling uh, in this in this return to play, that's not the first time we're going to see something like that either. Just fingers crossed it doesn't happen to the loons. Because uh, we, all, we all have day jobs here, and we can't be staying up till 1.30 a.m. on a school night. I mean, as much as we love Minnesota United, I'll be one of the 9.30 matches. I, I got roasted for this so much, but I was very, very honest about it. The RSL match, their first, like, 9.30 p.m. game, of the boring one. Yeah. I was passed out by the 60th minute. <laughs> Not even an hour That's... in, and I was done. I was so tired. And I, I woke up, like, the next – I didn't wake up until the next morning, and I'm like, yep, that happened. So, hopefully, we don't get any of these late starts, lightning delays, weather, you know, weather instances with Minnesota United. Hopefully, that happens to some other teams. I, I had a similar the- story. That was Sam. That was when your wife, your wife texted me like 15 minutes before the game started. And it's just him on the couch, just mouth open, eyes closed, passed out. And she says, you're going to have to take all the notes tonight. <laughs> I, don't, I had to watch you- that game on replay. <laughs> uh, I would have watched it on replay, but then I just checked my Twitter feed. I was like, Oh, there really wasn't anything worth watching. So uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't much of a game. I thought I should have slept. I thought that when Chacon was subbed in at halftime, that would was enough to give me the energy boost I needed to get going. But then 15 minutes later, I was, I was up, down for the count. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, know, you have games two and three at Dallas and at Houston. I think one of those they do drop, and one of those they probably draw. Um, so I'm going to say they, they probably drop to FC Dallas because I think with Darwin Quintero and Christian Ramirez, they'll probably get up for game three. Yeah, I. I think they're going to take Dallas. I haven't been impressed with Dallas since they've come back. I don't know if they're still trying to knock the rust off or what, but Minnesota United, as we talked about, they clearly have the rust off. Minnesota Mm -hmm. United is ready to go. They're full of experienced MLS players that, you know, just these, these younger teams like Dallas that have their off days, you you have a veteran like Ozzy Alonzo, they they feed off of that. So, Mm -hmm. I think Minnesota United is going to take Dallas, you know, a little, normally I'd be a little bit worried about the heat, but they were just in Orlando for a really long time. So hopefully they're conditioned. So the big one, I think a lot of Minnesota United fans are going to be be paying extra close attention to is this third match, September 2nd 
at Houston. It's the reuniting with Darwin Quintero and Christian Ramirez, both members of the Houston Dynamo now. And although Houston didn't win a match and they didn't advance out of the, out of the group stage of the MLS's back, I think they really impressed with their performance in those three group stage matches. Talk about drawing LAFC, uh, a team that, that dominated until they were, until they were uh, removed by Orlando City and penalty kicks. But to draw them, that's, that's no easy feat. And then they drew LA Galaxy 3-3. And then a, a real tough performance against Portland because they got a red card. They were down a man. Uh, you know, Portland, the, the winners of MLS's back tournament, and you come away with a really close 2-1 loss despite being down a man. So, you know, probably the best performance from a team who didn't advance out of the group stage, uh, in my opinion, was Houston. So I think they'll be, they'll, that'll be a tough one. Yeah, you, you mentioned that you think that we'll play up, you know, against Darwin and Ramirez, but I, I think it's the other way around, to yeah. be honest. I think the two of them are going to want – they're going to want to show up and show out against us. You know, we got to be ready for a dogfight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, there's a little bit – especially with Darren Quintero, I think he was not happy with how he was utilized in the mid to latter portion of that season – I think a lot of Minnesota United fans would agree with him on that. Uh, so I think he's definitely going to have some extra motivation. And what we've seen when, when Darwin Quintero is focused and he, you know, is, is motivated, he is one of the toughest guys to stop in MLS. So I think this is a match where we're really going to see what that Minnesota United back line is made of. And I think if we can have DeBassi back by this point or have DeBassi by this point, you know, that could – really benefit Minnesota United in shutting down that, that Dynamo attack. So do we think Houston will give Ramirez the start just because it's Minnesota United they're going against? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. He may insist to start. And I think if Christian Ramirez, <laughs> I think if Christian Ramirez, if you're the gaffer and Christian Ramirez comes in your office and says, Hey, I want to start tonight. You probably just have to, okay, yep, absolutely. Go ahead. We'll write you in and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you can, you can uh, show out against your old team, but we'll see. I think, I think Christian Ramirez is just already, he's a very uh, important piece in that team, even though he doesn't necessarily start every match. I mean, we've seen, you know, how good he can be and how important he can be uh, here with Minnesota United. And I think he plays that same role for Houston. So even if he doesn't start, I expect him to see quite a few minutes. And and he'll get his he'll get his chance for sure. Yeah, and he got his goal against us last year. So yep. So he'll be looking to replicate that for sure. You know, I think I might. I think you guys have convinced me. I think I'm gonna switch my picks around. I think maybe we draw FC Dallas and then <laughs> and then lose to Houston here. You guys are very you guys are very convincing in your arguments. So uh, sure. <laughs> congratulations for that. Well, I think we win them both. Come on, yeah. you loons. Okay, nine <laughs> points after three matches. I like the optimism. I like No, I picked him to lo- sorry, I picked him to lose at Sporting Kansas City. Oh, you right. did. You did. That's right. Sorry, hosting Sporting Kansas City. That's yes. right. So you gonna... have six points. That's right. So you're 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 switching it around a little bit. All right. We're gonna Fair trade them. Yeah, We're trade gonna... off. You lose the home match, but but you win the two road matches. So all right. All right. I like that. Keep 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 the keep the good uh, road vibes going. That would make them four and oh on the road to start the year same. You really think Minnesota United's gonna go four? If I would have asked you in 2018 that a Minnesota United team would start a season 4-0 and on the road, that'd be quite the undertaking. But here you are, making the bold prediction. I like it. Yeah. I mean, 
we, we saw in Europe, the home field advantage went away with COVID. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I know Texas may be allowing some fans in the stands, but I've been watching some USL games and there's not a lot of atmosphere going on uh, from yeah. the limited number of fans that are in the stands. I don't, I don't think the crowd is impacting the game the way that they typically would. And it's, it's Texas. So it's not like Dallas and Houston were these big fan bases that were impacting right. games to begin with. So yeah, four right. so, on the road, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, Sam, after Houston, they come back home. Uh, they play RSL on September 6th. So we're looking at match four of the uh, six match phase one uh schedule and as we already discussed a very very actionless zero zero draw in the second match of the tourney group stage between these two teams so i think both teams will be coming out with a little more to prove especially against each other um and i i talked about this heading into the group stage match of the mls's back tournament but i really think minnesota has a chip on their shoulder when it comes to when they match up against real salt lake because the way the standing shook out last year you know, where RSL ended up, I believe they ended up third in the, in the Western Conference standings. You know, at least as a Minnesota United fan, I was looking at them like, man, if we hadn't stumbled to finish off the year, that's where we would have been. We would have been in that spot right there, not, you know, you know facing a really bad matchup against a pretty darn good LA Galaxy team. So um, I, I think that ship needs to be on the shoulder for Minnesota United. And uh, RSL, they, they played great last year. They did advance uh out of the group stage in the mls's back tournament but i'm just really not sold on real salt lake right now as a legitimate contender in mls uh because that their brand of soccer just I, I think it's not very exciting and no you don't really need to play exciting to to advance and and be a be a good team in this league but i really think they lack they lack playmaking and i think you need that if you're going to be a real contender and i think you know with the defense that minnesota united has you know, they, they, as they showed in the, in the group stage match, they can easily shut down that RSL attack, especially with Ozzy Alonso shutting things down before they start. I think this is a real chance for Minnesota United's, uh, you know, uh, attacking third to have a little bit of redemption from the group stage. Yeah. And I remember that match. Well, I remember watching the replay of that match <laughs> and it looked miserable. It looks so hot. Um, yeah. That's another you know, thing too. It was like 98% humidity and it was like 96 degrees. So they were, they were dripping before the game started. Everyone was yeah. just soaked. Like no <laughs> one looked like they wanted to be there. We didn't want to watch it. They didn't want to be there. Yep. You know, it was just a bad recipe. If I remember right, Amaria also wasn't in that game because he was, he mm -hmm. had gotten hurt previously. You know, Ethan Finlay, he's typically one of my favorite players to watch. He looked gassed, you know, and I, I don't blame him. How do, you, how do you keep up that pace that Ethan Finlay plays with? How do you keep that up when you're, when you're in, that kind of, uh, in that kind of weather? Yeah. So I think you're right. I think the attacking third of Minnesota United can come out with a lot more to prove. Um, you, you know, it... Uh, I definitely think our defense is prepared to handle it though. Mm -hmm. I think our def I don't think that they have what it takes to break us down mm -hmm. with their offense. Um, you know, our, our defense that very much absorbs the attack. We play with less possession than teams like RSL. 
and then we hit them back on the counterattack. And I think, I think RSL is a team that will be vulnerable to that, but they are also a very experienced team. And we have to remember that as well, is that, you know, similar to us, they largely returned their squad from last year, minus their, you know, minus their goalkeeper and, uh, you know, pseudo uh, team captain or, I know Vito wasn't our official captain, but he he definitely was a leader on the team. And definitely same with Nick Romando leaving in that sense, in that sense, that always does keep RSL in the conversation. I really think that uh, FC Dallas is a better matchup on, on paper, but I also think that just with the way we performed in the group stage against RSL, I think you're going to see a little bit extra from Minnesota United in that, in that match against against Real. And I think, I think probably these next two matches, RSL and FC Dallas at home, we come away with three points in both. I'd take that. And then, because of course we play them twice. Of course we play <laughs> them twice. We finish up exactly how we start at Sporting Kansas City. Gosh, it's always Sporting Kansas City. I feel like I'm, I'm so tired of breaking down Minnesota United Sporting Kansas City matches, <laughs> to be completely honest. Because it's, it's, it's just Pulido and... Mm, yep. Uh, Minnesota United's defense. That's really all we got. You know, it's like, can they stop Polito and can they hit the counterattack and can they take advantage of those opportunities? That's really what it comes down to. Anytime Minnesota United and SKC play, at least in 2020, you know, at SKC, we've already kind of established the home field advantage is kind of eh in this uh, in this scenario. But uh, like like you said, Sam, I think they probably do in total come away with three points in their two matches combined with Sporting Kansas City. It's just a matter of which one they're going to win, which one they're going to lose. Um, I just think everything is trending in Minnesota United's direction for this Friday uh, with less of a layoff, um, you know, it, it being the first match at Allianz Field. I think if any match is going to give you some sort of advantage as a, as a home team, um, it's going to be that first one just from that comfortability standpoint. So I think they probably, you know, in, in my opinion, I think this, you know, this Friday is the game they win, but maybe they do drop that, that finale, at least for phase one at, at Kansas city at the end of this. Yeah. Alan Polito is good. I'm, I'm plagiarizing Justin from our last episode. That was <laughs> some great analysis he gave. Alan Polito is good. You're not wrong, Justin. He's an excellent no. player. So I appreciate that. That's great analysis. I, I, I don't want him to do well. Well, let's just hope that he doesn't show up to either game, you know? There you go. All right. We're better off if he doesn't if he doesn't score goals. That that that's great. Any team, <laughs> I think any team who plays Kansas City is far better off if Alan Polito stays off the score sheet. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, and he he didn't score any goals against us in you know the MLS is back tournament, but True. it looked like he was creating a lot of chances for his. Oh team. man, so many right. chances. Oh. <laughs> you I, don't always see that from uh from a striker up top. I don't honestly still don't know how Minnesota United weathered that that storm from Kansas City because that was that was almost getting tough to watch because it was just so many times that it was just so much buildup coming from Kansas City that was creating a plus opportunities for them and then nothing coming from from the United side. But at the end of the day, all that matters is what the score sheet looks like at the end, and it ended up to win Minnesota United, so we were good there. So we'll see what happens in their two matches against Kansas City. Um, Kansas City and FC Dallas are the two teams that they play twice in the six-match phase one. And then they also play RSL and Houston Dynamo one time each. And again, that starts this Friday, 6.30 p.m. kickoff versus Sporting Kansas City there at Allianz Field. 
So now we're outside the bubble, guys. The bubble was fun. The bubble was safe. But now we are entering a return to play scenario that involves travel. And as we've said, it does not involve hotels. Um, if MLS can help it, they're going to require these teams to travel out and back same day to avoid hotel stays and potential exposure to COVID-19. Um, USL is doing the same thing, same thing without the hotel um, caveats. Um, but as you've told me, Sam, and as you've, you've pointed out here, uh, there have been positive tests every week in USL. And they seem to be, I wouldn't say okay with that, but they seem to be taking those punches and, and pushing forward with the season as only a couple teams have really fallen behind the eight ball when it comes to games. Yeah. So if you just check out uslsoccer.com, they publish weekly results on all of the clubs that they test in both their championship, which is the U.S. Division II, as well as their USL League One, which is the Division Three of U.S. soccer. And, you know, going back to July 20th, right, I'll, I'll just list this off as quick as I can. Nine positive tests from eight clubs in the USL championship, eight positive tests from five clubs in the USL League One. July 28th, the championship had four positive tests from four clubs, and League One had two positive tests from one club. August 3rd, they reported four positive tests from three clubs in the championship and three positive tests from one club in League One. And the reason I, want, the reason I think it's important to point this out is that they're still going with no sign of stopping. So it's, it's actually, it's, it's pretty apparent that it's in their schedule that they're planning for interruptions to take place and to reschedule those games. Uh, so for example, Las Vegas Lights FC, which Noah Billingsley was just loaned to from Minnesota United. So Las Vegas Lights FC was, uh, it was announced that they had at least one positive person test positive within their club. And it just said, this is someone that would have, uh, would have been involved in the game. They didn't say if it was a player or a coach or, mm -hmm. or what, but for that reason, last week's game was last week's game was postponed, but then they already returned on last Saturday on August 15th. So they, they only missed one game out of a positive test. Now LA galaxy two probably made, made the biggest noise because they had, shoot, I think it was close to 10 people test positive. And they actually, as of recording, they haven't played since July 25th. And of course, we're recording on the 17th. But even then, they're, they're scheduled to come back on the 19th. So by the time you all are listening to this, they may have already returned as well. So the USL has shown that, yes, we're, they're trying to avoid the positive tests, but that's not going to tank the season. So if the MLS goes in that route, there may be some interruptions, there may be some inconveniences, but it looks like the season will go on. And Justin, you and I both follow Major League Baseball pretty closely. I uh, happen to be a St. Louis Cardinals fan myself. Um, and so with Major League Baseball, they've now had two instances where a, a club has had a, a, 
an outbreak, for lack of a better term, of COVID-19. More than eight or nine positive tests on each club. I believe the Cardinals peaked at 12 or 13 on their team when it comes to players and staff combined. Um, and yet, the Marlins have already made up some of their games and have plans to complete their schedule still. And somehow the Cardinals, who are 12 games behind the eight ball, I believe they made up one or two at this point, but they eventually at one point fell 12 games behind the pace of the rest of the league. And they have a plan in place with seven, eight double headers and stuff like that to actually make those up and finish out the season with the same amount of games, which is crazy to think about, but that just shows you that if, if baseball can, can, have these contingency plans in, play, in place or on the fly come up with a schedule that works to make up these games, then you know, MLS should be able to do that, especially when they're going in phases, which I think is a smart move to go in phases so you don't necessarily have a team fall eight, nine games behind. You know, right. at, at the most, you know, a team's going to fall four but it seems like MLS is, as you said, Sam, with the way they've structured this, with the being in phases, um, is, you know, uh, going, going about it as, yeah, there will be positive tests and we have plans in place to make up those games if, if that happens. Yeah, and I and, think I remember a buffer in between phase two and the playoffs. If, mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there was like a two-week buffer, which, you know, this was already close to a month ago this was released but we I remember Justin and I saying like this clearly is so they can make up whatever they need to Mm -hmm. without having to reschedule the playoffs absolutely and and they're not gonna they obviously you can't do double headers and in soccer no but but I think you know the the condensed phase one schedule maybe that kind of helps them see how teams operate with such short breaks between games because, you know, if, if a team gets shut down for, say, a week, right, you miss three games, you have to be able to make those up later. It's going to condense it even more. You know, maybe they want these teams to play these condensed schedules to prepare for, you know, something that might have to happen during that buffer time. Yeah, and I think, I think it's going to be big to see, like you said, what happens in that condensed schedule, but also what happens with the travel because they've somewhat regionalized it with at least this first phase. But when you get into playoffs, you can't regionalize playoffs. I mean, you can split them up between the conferences, but you can't regionalize the playoffs. So uh, it's, it'll be interesting to see how the travel um, affects these teams. And if the no hotel caveat in there actually works and actually helps prevent, prevent spread and exposure. Well, and who knows? I mean, baseball's talked about going to a bubble for the playoffs. Maybe MLS goes back to Orlando for the playoffs. Maybe. I, I, I think that would be – I don't know if that would be a tough sell to the players or not. I think it would have to be a sell to the players. But once you get to the playoffs, if you're playing for the cup, you know, if you're a player, I get that you you were already in a bubble for a month. But, you know, if that's yeah. what it takes to, you know, compete for the championship – you know, I, I think if you're a player, you go for it. But it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, especially when, when you think about the playoffs and you think about where where we might be as a as a country when it comes to November. And I think the early part of December is when they're planning for the MLS Cup, uh, first or second weekend in, in December. So a lot of time for a lot of different things to happen <laughs> over the next four months, that's for sure. 
And we've seen, though, that the bubble is the best way for games to happen during this time, right? Like, mm-hmm. the bubble sports are having tremendous success. Obviously, it's a tough sell for, like, a long season, right? But if a playoff is a short amount of time, you know, teams can can justify it because they've seen it work before. And the goal, right, is a championship. And you want, you're fine with staying in the bubble as long as you're working towards that goal. I think the players would say anywhere but Orlando, though. <laughs> send us somewhere else where they play the nwsl utah send us to utah yeah seem to work well for them there uh, uh so guys i want to finish off by just talking about uh one of the other potential transfers uh that could be coming in for minnesota united although who knows at this point uh <laughs> emmanuel reynoso is a name that minnesota united fans journalists media like have been talking about for the better part of the last year. I think it was November of last year when the Reynoso rumors started to swirl. And here we are in August. His name has come back up as, you know, one of the top options off the transfer market for Minnesota United. But yet we're still in this kind of limbo stage where he's not signed. No real domestic media outlets have given any concrete information on where the negotiations stand. Um, And we're still really relying on Argentinian reporting on this as far as where this stands. And there's so many factors... There's so many factors in play out. uh, Percentages of rights and who's getting what. And there seems to be, at least over the last couple days, some consistency in the reporting among the Argentinian media about uh, rights and about, uh, you know, transfer fee and stuff like that. So at least we've gotten that. But I've always said, until I see the press release, until I see Jeff Reuter, Andy Grader, or, or uh, Jerry's go to over at the, over at the star tribune, uh, actually put something concrete out. Uh, I, I don't believe, I don't believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. You don't think that Boca in English Twitter is a reputable source? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I do not. No offense to Boca in English, but I can't wait to unfollow that account. We they just, literally we gotta just get... <laughs> take, they take any story, no matter where it comes from about Boca and they just translate it and tweet it. <laughs> Oh, what do you think, Sam? Do we see Reynoso in a United uniform anytime soon? Let me go back to our notes from March, and I'll just read whatever I wrote then, <laughs> because nothing has changed since then. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, yes, I think it'll happen. I mean, MLS.com, you know, we, we joke about only finding, you know, Argentina-based news sources that are reporting on this, but MLS.com has has indicated that negotiations are advancing and that terms have been agreed on. We've seen the story before though, Sam, negotiations. Yeah. Show me the sources, Sam. Show me the sources. Final. That's why I'm saying go back to my notes from March and whatever I said then is what my thoughts are now. It's the seesaw. It's all the, all that's needed is the I's need to be dotted and the T's need to be crossed. And then, Oh, they're far away, and Reynoso's actually going somewhere else. Or and then, oh my gosh, it's just—I <laughs> can't imagine being a Boca fan right now because I, following that Boca in English account, 
there seems to be rumors swirling about every player on that team and where they're potentially going <laughs> I, more than just Reynoso. Man, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he would be a good addition for the squad. I think it would allow them to be more dynamic in, in where they play. But I, and I think I need to see the, the jersey with his name on the back before I, uh, <laughs> before I believe anything. Yeah, who knows at this point, but it'll be fun to see Minnesota United play back at Allianz Field, even though we can't be there in attendance. So it'll just be nice to have that atmosphere. To hear Cal and Kendra on the call for the TV call would be is going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear them. And uh, it's just going to be more soccer, more Minnesota United soccer. What could be better? Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Justin's going to miss Taylor, but – Besides that, I hey, uh, won't oh we man, won't we? Oh. <laughs> I think we need a uh, you know you know nothing Grant Wall. I think we need a you know nothing Taylor Twelman. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Of, I think one of the supporters groups needs to needs to make one of those. He's he's the new target. Why, why does one of the supporters groups need to do it? It could be a podcast thing. True, we've been known to find ways to make a buck or two from this podcast. So maybe we'll put out maybe we'll put out some some anti Taylor Twelman merch to really, really, really get the, really get the sales going. I was going to say you, you guys have jerseys now. Yeah, we got a kit. All right, Sam and Justin from Pod on Your Loons. Make sure you subscribe to their podcast on your preferred platform. Follow them on Twitter at Pod Loons, and then uh, hit up hit up their website too, PodLoons.Weebly.com. Uh, guys, like I said, huge fan of the podcast, so I'm very, very grateful. That you guys took the time to join uh, join ten thousand pitches this week and and talk about uh, Minnesota United. We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, man this this was an honor. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I was super excited when I saw you reach out to us. I I think I texted Justin right away. I'm glad I texted him <laughs> was, instead of called was, him because I would have been sounding <laughs> like the little girl. Um, <laughs> he was so pumped. He was so pumped when he when when he got he it made his day. So well, hopefully it lived up to your expectations, Sam. I apologize <laughs> if we fell short at all, but uh, that's what you get when you come on ten thousand pitches. It's a lot of it's a lot of smoke and mirrors on this podcast. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 been a good time. Yeah, we're we're up for coming back whenever. We're we got awesome. nothing else going on. <laughs> uh when do you guys drop your podcast every week usually it usually depends on the games okay got we, it we we usually try to we usually try to release the episode shortly after the game okay gotcha gotcha okay so uh yeah just subscribe to pod on your loons and you'll get notified whenever they drop a new episode so make sure you do that sam and justin thank you again so much and uh Come on, you loons. Let's get, let's get a win on Friday, huh? Even though Sam doesn't think it'll happen. Sam's the downer. He thinks they're going to lose. But, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I did say they were going to literally win every other game of Facebook. <laughs> <laughs>